Welcome back to Let's Go Michigan with Jeff Sloan on WJR. Once again, with a 5,000-foot view of Michigan business and events, here's Jeff Sloan. All right, welcome back. Kristen, Mark here with me. Of course, listen, guys, this is not a path to getting merchandise without having to pay for it. So we don't want anyone thinking that we're educating you about a way to hack the system. But the fact of the matter is, as our next guest will make clear to us, big retailers like Amazon, Walmart, Target, and others actually are offering an opportunity for you to, when you want to return something, get your refund, but keep the item instead of having to ship it back. This is amazing, but it's true. Kristen, have you ever tried to return something and the retailer says, you know what, we'll refund you and just keep the item? Yeah, it's happened to me a few times. Really? I'm kind of irritated because I don't want the item. I mean, there's a reason why I'm returning it. And so now it's on me to either recycle it, resell it on Facebook Marketplace. I don't like that they won't take it back. I know that you're not a hoarder. I'm not a hoarder. (laughs) Okay, so that doesn't work for you. I've had it happen as well, and it frankly amazes me. Well, right. you, know, you have to ask the question twice. Really? Right. I can keep the item and you're going to refund the money? Mm-hmm. Without getting too personal, let yeah. me do understand one thing. What, what would you say is the average price of the items they're telling you to keep? Uh, roughly. I'd say anywhere from 20 to $50. Yeah, okay, so yeah. up to around 50 bucks. yeah. Same for you? Yes, yeah. yes. And I think the equation, and it makes sense, I guess, in this context, the equation changes for bigger ticket items. Right. I'm going to let you keep those and get refunded for them. So very interesting. Well, our next guest is going to tell us all about this phenomenon in retail. His name, Dominic Reuter. He's a senior reporter at the retail desk at Business Insider. Dominic, welcome. This is for real, isn't it? Tell us about this. Yeah. Well, if it hasn't happened to you yet, then it's new to you. And that's a big part of this whole phenomenon, I think. More people buy stuff online, and eventually, one of those purchases may be a no-return refund purchase. Obviously, it's probably more likely to have happened if you buy a lot of stuff online over the recent years. But it's a practice that many e-commerce retailers end up turning to for a simple reason, that some things cost more to send back than they are worth. Yeah, and I have to tell you, the whole notion of this makes me a bit squeamish. I don't know. Well... You go online, you order something. It could be from Amazon, Walmart, Target. You mentioned those online retailers, Dominic, in your article in Business Insider in particular. So we'll call them out. You buy something online, they ship it to your house, you get it. And for whatever reason, you don't want to keep it. You want to return it. But instead of returning it, sometimes they say to you, you know what, just keep it. You don't have to return it. We'll refund your money. And you, the consumer, then becomes the beneficiary of not having to pay for whatever it is that you bought, and being able to keep it as well. Now, the reason it makes me a little squeamish on the side of business, this kind of portends, in my view anyway, it kind of indicates something broken there somewhere. That just doesn't seem to work. When it becomes more expensive to have someone return something to a retailer and to allow them to keep it and not pay you for it, that bothers me a bit. And beyond that, You know there are going to be people, you know they're going to game the system. There are going to be experts out there who become really good at this. Buy a bunch of stuff, tell them you're going to return it. They're going to tell you in some cases, "Ah, just keep it and we'll refund your money. What do you think, Dominic? Well, you raise a bunch of very interesting points and I'll try to hit them concisely as I can. So the first part of it, when it comes down to the cost question and what it means for businesses, e-commerce, Amazon, Target, Walmart, to name the biggest ones in the U.S., have spent a whole lot of money investing in one direction 
for order fulfillment, right? So they have spent huge amounts of money in getting stuff from their distribution centers and their stores to your front door at a very low cost. They have not spent nearly as much money building up the system to do the reverse gear. So if you think about even your car, it drives a lot faster in forward than it does in reverse. And so they want things to generally go forward and that's where the sort of reverse logistics, as the term is called in the industry, is a bit behind this sort of level of investment. And they probably won't ever invest as much in it as they've put into the forward logistics. All that's to say, it takes a lot of delicate work to get some things out to you. It can be difficult shipment or an inexpensive product. And the cost of delivering that can end up being a considerable portion of what the business is sort of charging you for. There have been various attempts to make it easier, right? So you'll see things like drop off your Amazon orders at Whole Foods or at Kohl's. Target will take the stuff out of your trunk. Yeah, the UPS store, you don't even have to repackage them. They'll package them for you and make the whole thing happen. Yeah, Walmart spark drivers will pick something up off of your doorstep. So like there have been quite a few ways that the companies are trying to dial back on the number of instances that would be a refund. But at the end of the day, some things just don't make sense to bring back, especially if it's defective, especially if it's shipped from a far distance or inconveniently. More likely, more frequently, this stuff tends to be on lower cost items, less expensive items. It's probably not going to be that flat screen 4K TV that you had your eye on. More likely, a significantly less expensive product. And then again, like the idea too, the reason you may have initiated this return is that you don't actually want this product. I mean, you might be okay with it, but you really wanted the thing that you bought and companies at the end of the day, are really interested in making sure that you're satisfied as a customer. They want you to be happy. They want you to be receiving the product that you asked for, that you desired, that meets your expectations. And if it doesn't, they're going to try to keep you. And that brings up the last part of this, right? They're not doing this blindly. They know who you are and they know your purchase history and they are aware of what's going on. So they're not necessarily going to give this to just anybody who buy something, if you have a decent purchase history with the company and you generally play by the rules, then they'll be more likely to cut you a break on something that you say in good faith is not working out. Interesting. You know, this phenomenon could be driven by some sort of plan within the company to ratchet up really effective customer loyalty and retention because, wow, how nice. The store said to me I was going to return it. You know what? You've been a great customer. In this particular case, just keep it and we'll still refund the money. And a customer walks away, and I know this to be true because I'm familiar with the experience. Some people do walk away and say, wow, that was so nice. So it's an interesting customer retention tactic. But I'll tell you one thing beyond that, in the end, at the end of the day, these companies want to and need to make money. At the bottom line, these companies have to remain profitable. So things like this, are reflected as a cost to the company, even if there's good reason to do it, that being retained customers, whatever else. Or it may be that it's more costly to pay for the return than it is to refund the item and let you keep it. Whatever that may be, in the end, these companies have to be profitable. Another concerning factor out of all this is someone ultimately has got to pay the price to make up the difference in the cost the stores now have to pay if this becomes more deeply embedded in the process of returning an item. 
So I don't know where all that goes. Dominic, do you see that as a factor? Will all the rest of us have to bear the price of people being able to keep items without having to return them? I would suggest that we already are bearing the price. So these things are worked into the cost of business already because returns, even with stores, are a fact of life. And not everything that you return to a store is able to be resold, right? Even if you take it to the returns desk, which you're not going to get a <laughs> returnless refund in the store. If you have the item, they're going to want it back. But what happens at a lot of return desks, you know, with a satisfaction guarantee or anything else, those items end up getting salvaged out, what they call disposed of. They get evaluated. If it can be sold and restocked, they will. But in a lot of cases, it can't. And in those cases, that's again a loss. And that's something that contributes to another word that you might have heard a lot this fall and last year is shrink. Inventory shrink is contributed by these returns that have to get either left with the customer, written off otherwise, that says this inventory is no longer here. And again, these are costs that are pretty well part of the business process so far. And the other thing that I would say about it is that returns, so in the store, we've described that, right? They evaluate it. Can they sell it or throw it away? That's one in-store thing. There's companies now that specialize in doing that for e-commerce returns. They evaluate whether this returned product can be resold, salvaged, or sent somewhere else. So the company's not getting its full value back simply by getting the merchandise back. And so those questions really inform their calculations about whether it's worth it to even bother in the first place. They're trying to make those costs come down for themselves with those steps that I just said about lowering the, the friction for a customer to bring something back. It should be a shorter drive, incentivizing you to come back and try it out. There's also ways that they offset the price of that, right? You might start to see a few more restocking fees, right? If somebody says, well, I don't want this thing and you need to take it back to the store, the store can say, and some do, we're going to charge you a few dollars to deal with this return, the process of the return. You'll get most of your money back, but we need a little bit to offset those charges. So all those things together, it's something that companies are looking at very closely. And it is an area where fraud happens. That is a serious question. And there are sort of criminal intents that do try to take advantage of these loopholes. And those places, again, are areas that these companies are working very hard to contain, control, and minimize as much as possible. And as I said at the top, the costs exist already in these companies. And those costs do get passed on to the price that you pay in the first case. Of course, all the rest of us end up paying the price for items returned and either not resold or items not returned but still refunded. Very interesting. Dominic, do you happen to know, in closing, roughly, do we have any information on what percentage of return transactions end up with not being required to actually be returned yet still getting the money refunded? That part is a little bit tricky. Most companies aren't going to tell you their own math about disclosing sure. this or not. The figure from the National Retail Federation was $247 billion worth of e-commerce purchases that were returned. It's some percentage of that and obviously a de minimis yeah. percentage of that that actually ends up yeah. in this uh, phenomenon of a retailer telling you, you know what, just keep it. We'll still refund your money. Very interesting stuff. Dominic Reuter, Senior Reporter, Retail Desk at BusinessInsider.com. We really appreciate you bringing the story to us. Thanks for chatting. All right. Thanks for being on. Dominic Reuter. All right. Headed to a break. Back with more in a minute right here on Let's Go Michigan. Let's Go Michigan. 